now it's now we okay, never breaking news. No, because yeah. it looks more more official. Like yeah. Uh, See, I just have that breaking news from Kermit the Frog in my head now. That do 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 do. Do you remember that when he used to do news alerts? No, okay, no. cut that. Do you want to sing it? This <laughs> no, I want you to sing it. I don't know. Mine doesn't really have any type of tune to it, but it's. <laughs> we now interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you breaking news. Welcome to Generally Speaking about that. Oh yes, that too. Yes, so we're going to generally speak about the Unabomber. Um, we're for a short time. For a short time, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about him and the memories that we have of him, because I feel like if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, like the Unabomber was sort of like, he'd pop up every once in a while, like there'd be a bombing somewhere. Yeah. Or somebody would open a package and it would explode and it was tied back to the Unabomber. So, um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about him, maybe how he got to becoming the Unabomber, and then yeah, what sure. happened to him. I'm going to educate me on this, because yes. the only thing I really remember is when the police were escorting him out of his cabin in the middle of the woods. So yes. Which I, really, I really didn't believe they had the right person, only because it just felt like one of those crimes that would just never be solved, or they yeah. never tracked down. Yeah, and it seemed crazy that this guy who was living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere in Montana... With, with little technology or ties yeah, to the outside. Yeah, no electricity, yeah. right? And he could create these bombs, which were... I mean, he ended up killing three people, wounded 23... Um, his bombs were no joke. I mean, mm -hmm. um, they were, he sent them to people for a reason and he wanted to inflict, um, you know, harm on people. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about him. Well, here's a fun fact. Do you know why he's named the Unabomber? At one point I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. That point is gone. That so point is gone. Okay. So, so the first three bombings that they tied to this person um, before they actually knew who it was, the first two were at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, and the third one was aboard an American Airlines jet. Oh. So they took UN for university and airline for oh. A for airline and okay. A for Unabomber. Then I don't think I ever knew that. Okay. So that's how he got the name. And he mailed and left bombs at targets across the country that he felt were contributing to the destruction of the environment and advancing technology in a negative way. Okay. So this is actually a map. This was, they were offering a $1 million reward, the FBI was, the information on the person who was, you know, leaving bombs really from coast to coast. They were, and it wasn't like he was picking a specific, you know, target. It was like airlines or universities or lobbyists or... Um, computer repair shops, or I mean, he just had this almost like a revenge kind of thing, I think, mm -hmm. and just was really unhappy with <clears throat> technology in general and took it, took his anger out um, on those targets, which made sense to him, right? Yeah, did he ever say what he had against Northwestern University? I don't remember what, ever, yeah, doing? no, I, I don't and remember why American Airlines and not another, airline right? Exactly, why not, not like Northwest or, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I think to him, these targets probably made a lot of sense. But oh, sure. like, to the FBI, it was like, okay, we cannot figure out why, what is this person actually doing, mm -hmm. right? So his targets included airlines, universities, including Berkeley, Northwestern, Utah, Vanderbilt, Yale, and Utah, um, computer stores and repair shops, advertising executives, lobbyists, and scientists. He murdered three people and wounded 23. Many of them were seriously wounded. Yeah. Some people lost limbs, they lost their eyesight, these bombs were no joke. Actually, the last, the last two bombs that he, I don't know if he mailed them or, or got them, how, how he got them to the targets, but his last two bombings were fatalities, and the last person that he killed, 
His body was so badly mutilated by the bomb, his family was only able to view him from the knees down. Mm -hmm. Which is just, I mean, that's just Terrible. outrageous, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so he, Ted Dzinski was born in a Chicago suburb in May 1942. He was a genius. He was a child who was like well ahead of his peers academically. He skipped two grades and graduated from high school at 16. He was admitted to Harvard and graduated with a BA in mathematics. So think about how smart you have to be to graduate from Harvard with a BA in mathematics. He received his master's and his PhD from the University of Michigan. Um, it was not his first choice, and he has very unpleasant memories of his time there. <laughs> that was what I read. He didn't. He did not like Michigan. So eventually, he ended up at Berkeley, and he was like the youngest person ever hired at Berkeley to be a professor. He was, this will maybe not be a surprise, not well liked by the students and had no close friends in the math department. Okay. I mean, he's always, he yeah, so he's a math friend. professor? Yeah, he's a math professor. He's a loner. He doesn't get yeah. along well with the faculty or the staff. The money that he saved from his time teaching in Botland in Montana, near where his, he has a younger brother. Okay. And he was, his younger brother was working um, in Montana and the two worked together to build a cabin in the remote wilderness of western Montana. So that's okay. the cabin that you would have seen on the news when he was arrested. So the bombings began in Evanston, Illinois on, in May 1978 and commenced in Sacramento, California on April 24th, 1995 with the killing of Gilbert Murray, a timber lobbyist. So in 1995, he had reached out to, um, I don't know if it was the newspapers directly, but the New York Times and the Washington Post were involved in a conversation with like, like the FBI and the Attorney General at the time about he wanted to have his his manifesto published. Oh yeah, I remember that. And, and sort of in return for publishing this manifesto that he would not target individuals anymore. He would only target like buildings or Okay. So he so there was a lot of discussion like should we publish this? Should we not publish this? Like are we giving in to basically are we yeah. giving into terrorism on right, right. right? Yeah. So the New York Times and the Washington Post jointly funded the publication of, quote unquote, Industrial Society and its Future, and that was his manifesto. And the head of the FBI at the time, Louis Free, and the Attorney General Janet Reno both supported publishing the manifesto in hopes that it would be read by someone who recognized the writing, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I remember that because I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time and subscribed to the Washington Post. And I remember getting that and reading it, and um, it was like this eight-page, like, I don't know, it was just his, sort of his ramblings, but it was mm -hmm. um, his writings. And what I remember about that is just all the discussion around actually publishing it. Um, but it turned out to be a good move because shortly after it was published, um, a woman named Linda Patrick encouraged her husband, David, to read it. And he recognized some of the terminology used as being the same or very similar to things said by his older brother, Ted. Yeah, I remember that too. It was, yeah. a, it was a family member. Who it, was a family, it was his younger brother, yeah. So they, so um, Ted and his younger brother had like a complicated relationship. Like mm -hmm. they got along for a while. Um, when his brother decided to get married, that kind of ended the relationship oh. between the brothers. Uh -huh. And. Um, but his brother had saved writings that Ted had sent to him, mm -hmm. and he recognized a couple of phrases that were in the manifesto that were also in the things that Ted had written to him, and yeah. that was what tipped him off that this was probably his brother. So, he and his wife um, 
hired, um, I think they hired somebody to look into this, like a private investigator, mm -hmm. and then ended up hiring an attorney, and then they worked with the FBI, and the FBI then looked at all the evidence and sort of kind of zeroed in on Ted yeah. Kaczynski as, you know, maybe a probable or likely suspect in the bombings. Um, so, as you said, you remember this, he was arrested in his Montana cabin on April 3rd, 1996. Okay. And that was obviously the beginning of the end for the Infant because he was he was captured. Uh, David Kaczynski received the one million dollars. I was wondering reward. that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So he received the reward for the capture of his brother, and he ended up donating most of the money to the families of the victims. Yeah. Of the his brother's nationwide bombing campaign. Yeah. Which I know he did with it. Yeah. So it just feels. It like be, he did the right thing, obviously, yeah, but yeah. like you just don't want to also be benefiting yeah, from like yeah. turning your own family in. Yeah, I mean, what it sounds like is his brother was really conflicted about. Yeah. Um, and I think he had some stipulations, like he was, he had to promise that the FBI or the, the government would not pursue the death penalty oh, in his brother's okay. case. Long story short, Ted Kaczynski goes on trial. Um, he refused to go along with his attorney's advice to plead insanity. He was found guilty and sentenced to eight consecutive life sentences to be served at um, a supermax prison in Colorado. Okay. And he was, his fellow inmates included people like Eric Robert Rudolph. He was, he was bombing like um, abortion clinics. Oh, and then went on the run for yeah. a while, was hiding like in the woods of North Carolina. Ramsey Youssef, who was one of the original um, he was involved in the original bombing of the World Trade Center oh, in 1993, uh, mm -hmm. and then Timothy McVeigh. Wow, he's yeah. with all the bombers. I know. So like a, I know this is where they kept up. Yeah, so retired bombers. I, <laughs> I mean, it's a supermax prison. It's where the, you know, the sort of the worst of the worst go. So <laughs> I know it's just weird it's, that they all have that comment. Yeah, and I actually think he and Timothy McVeigh were friends. They were friends. Like they were. Yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah, too. me too. Yeah, that was terrible. In 2021, um, Ted was transferred to the Federal Medical Center, um, I think it's Butner in North Carolina, um, and that's a hospital where, it's a federal prison hospital where men with, male prisoners with um, medical issues go to get um, medical treatment, mm -hmm. and um, he was there probably, I, I want to say like 18 months maybe, because it sounded like he went there at the end of 2021 or at some point, and um, I, if you believe, like I read a lot of the stories on the New York Times, I think they really covered this pretty well, and it said there were three sources that um, indicated that he committed suicide while oh. he was there. So, um, so was it like an infirmary? I'm guessing, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing because he had cancer, so he, oh, right. um, it's actually where Bernie Madoff died as well. He was in that because Bernie Madoff went to jail and then he developed kidney issues, and yeah. then he ended up at that that facility as well. So. Okay. So, I mean, I just think, when I think about the Unabomber, I'm like, uh, you know, I remember hearing about, every once in a while, hearing about these bombings on the news and mm -hmm. seeing, seeing the one in oh, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. that, I think if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, like that's pretty, pretty um, memorable. So yeah, yeah. Standard. Yeah, I mean, you would have seen that like in the post office or it was on TV, it was probably on America's Most Wanted. Did he ever really look like that? I don't know. Like, I mean, it's hard to say. So, yeah, so this would have been, I believe this is from the bombing that um, it was, I believe it was in Salt Lake City. No, it wasn't that one. It was, I think it was at this, oh, maybe it was Sacramento. That yeah. someone spotted him? Yeah, so he was leaving a bomb like in a parking lot of a, like a computer repair shop or computer place. Yeah. And um, this guy who, I think he, he either owned the company or he was like the CEO or something. 
I was just going out for lunch, and there was a there was a box mm -hmm. in the parking lot, and uh, he picked it up, and it just it just mm -hmm. you know he was kind of standing over it, and it just blew him, you know just blew him up. So, um, and somebody had seen him, this person leaving the box there because I kind of opened the window, and he was like he put the box down and then got up and then walked away. Wow. So yeah, so I mean. What, what would Ted Kaczynski think about where we are in this day and age with well, all the technology we have in just the palm of our hand? It's crazy. You know, actually, when, so there are people who look back at his manifesto, mm -hmm. which is available online, you can read it, um, and think he, he did have some pretty... Good points. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that other people say that. Because, uh, I mean, I look at Ted Kaczynski and I think whatever... Um, you know, good ideas or philosophical ideas he may have had about technology and the environment. He was a murderer. He yeah, killed okay. people. So yeah. I, 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 he could have done some something else to make his viewpoints sure. yeah. understood yeah. or accepted. Yes, not force people and kill people along right. the way. Yeah, I don't. I just, I, I just disagree with like political violence. Oh, to sure. Advance your means. So I, I just. But there are people who are like. They really think that he was ahead of his time. He had some really good ideas. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I, don't, I didn't shed a tear over it. Oh, <laughs> but I think it was, you know, it was definitely newsworthy, and it was a crime that, you know, basically took place from 1978 to 1995. So that's a long mm -hmm. time. Of, long stretch. Yeah, long stretch. So, yeah. So, okay. That's it for the Unbomber. Well, thanks for that tip. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.